0: I'm excited to get to today's guest, but first I want to tell you about our sponsor CTC Math. Our family uses and loves CTC Math. So if you're looking for a great online math curriculum, visit ctcmath.com to sign up for your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. I'm so glad you're with me today. We are playing some of our best of episodes because we are traveling right now and out on the road getting to meet many of you. It's so very exciting. So we hope that you will enjoy this episode. I'm sure it will bring you great encouragement. And also, if you are interested in supporting the ministry of Schoolhouse Rocked, go to schoolhouserocked.com and you'll see the Donate Here button. That's really a huge blessing to us to help support the travel in the ministry as we take Schoolhouse Rocked on the road. Now enjoy this best of episode of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I'm Yvette Hampton, producer and host of the upcoming documentary, Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution. On this podcast, we bring you the very best from today's homeschool leaders to help you start strong and finish well. This podcast is for you. If you have a guest or topic suggestion, email us at podcast at schoolhouserocked.com. Today's guest is one that I know will be a great encouragement to many, especially those homeschool dads who might be listening. Uh, Davis Carmen is the president of Apologia Educational Ministries. He's an international speaker and advocate for home education, not just in the U.S., but around the world. Welcome, Davis. I am really, really excited to have you on the podcast today. I would love for you to introduce your family to us. Tell us about you.
1: Sure. Well, Yvette, thank you so much for inviting me. It's uh, great to be Uh, in any place where I can talk about homeschooling. Uh, I I, I love the topic. I got lots of skin in the game as the publisher of Apologia. And so it's a family affair. Uh, Rachel is my wife of 32 years, and we have seven kids. I always like to say we have two boys on the front end, two boys on the back end, and three girls tucked (laughs) safely in the middle. Five of them have graduated from our homeschool. So our nest is getting emptier, and our oldest is married with two grandchildren of ours and the second is married. Uh, the three girls are uh, doing their college work right now. But uh, they've all been involved in the business in some way, shape, or form, typically at a conference or helping uh, as an assistant in some way. So like I say, it's a family affair. We we love what homeschooling has done for our family, and we want to help as many families as possible uh, homeschool, succeed, enjoy it, make it part of their lifestyle, and have the most Christ-centered Homeschool that's possible, so that's that's what we love doing and talking about.
0: Yeah, I love it. We met you well, I think you and I had probably either met through email or on the phone. I can't remember previous to actually meeting in person, and then we met at the two to one conference in Virginia, and I think that was October or November somewhere around there, and um, we really enjoyed you know just getting to know you a little bit there, and then since then, God has just been faithful to just kind of orchestrate this friendship between your family and ours. And we've been able to spend some more time with you and gotten to know Rachel. We got to interview Rachel for Schoolhouse Rocked at the Teach Them Diligently convention in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, she was just a delight to get to know. And so it's been really fun getting to know your family and not just getting to know you, but getting to know your heart for families and for homeschooling and, and just the passion that you have for leaving a godly legacy for our kids. And I would really, that's what I really want to talk about on this podcast today. I know that God has really worked in you and through you, and you've learned how to do that with your family and your adult children are doing well. They're thriving, not not in the sense of, well, I think they're thriving successfully, you know, um, as the world might know it, but they're also thriving as believers. They've been homeschooled. They love Jesus. They are... Um, You've been able to point their hearts towards Christ through homeschooling. And so I would love for you to talk today. I want to talk to our listeners about how you have done that. How have you made an effort through homeschooling your own family? Actually, I want to talk first about how you came into homeschooling and then how that has turned into you being able to point your kids to Jesus.
1: Well, yes. How we got into homeschool is what I call the providential two by four over the head. (laughs) Uh, We were reluctant. a matter of fact, it it was not on our radar screen at all. But after um, our oldest son spent two weeks in the local and best public school in our town, uh, things were not going bad. I mean, super short story uh, made short is uh, he was put on uh, the wrong school bus one day and no school bus the other day. And when I requested a teacher change, I quickly found out I actually had no say in my child's education or teachers. And so after a a grueling weekend of getting on the waiting list of private schools, I looked at Rachel and I said, you know, honey, we've been praying for his teacher all summer long. I think we've been praying for you. Mm. What do you think about homeschooling? And we didn't want to do it, but that God led us to that decision over that weekend. Uh, and the first year was, you know, a difficult year. Uh, we we were really learning uh, by fire and uh, trying to figure this out. We literally only knew three people who were homeschooling. We called all three of them, <laughs> got their advice, but you know, we were we were trying to take our old paradigms and bring it home. Mm-hmm. Well, after that first year, we went to a conference and listened to workshops and. I kid you not, a light bulb turned on. And we talked the whole 90-minute drive back home about how homeschooling could actually change everything for the better. And so we were super excited to wipe the slate clean and start anew. We did a little better that second year, but we were definitely still on a learning curve. But by the third year, we were writing educational philosophies for our unique family and children that were young. And by the fourth year, We were committed, you know, even with high school looming off in the distance, we realized the lifestyle this could uh, uh, allow and the culture that it could uh, allow for our family was one that we wanted to grab hold of. Hmm. And 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 a big part of the changes that happened in our family is, I mean, we went to church all the time and Christ was central to our family, but now it became a goal. We incorporated uh, biblical studies. Uh, creation-based studies, relationships into everything because we could. And it was very important and a priority for us. And so you know, we did all kinds of scripture memory, but but mainly we tried to uh, cultivate a love for a really big, awesome, creative, loving God who saved us uh, and our kids have fallen in love with him. And it's, it's a wonderful joy now 22 years into this homeschool journey to to see that happen and to see some of the fruit in our kids and and especially the ones that are married with and with kids, how they're already beginning to raise their two and a half and six month old. So it's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, so it, you know for the families that are early in this journey and you're in the trenches and it's hard, what my word to you is don't give up. Mm-hmm. Persevere, get through the hard times because you're really sowing seeds that you will reap later in time if you don't give up.
0: Yeah. It's so great to hear from parents who have been through it. You know, there are so many of us who are just in the trenches right now. We're going into our uh, eighth year, I think, of homeschooling. And, you know, where I feel like, I I almost feel like, well, we just started homeschooling and it it feels like that, but I know we've, you know, we're kind of in the middle of it, but there are still times where I'm like, ah, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I know we're doing the right thing, but it can just be very overwhelming sometimes. And and I love having parents like yourself come alongside of us, younger ones who are just saying, just keep with it, just show up, just be there for your kids, do what God has called you to do. And God will equip you with everything that you need in order to accomplish this. And so it's very encouraging. And it's so encouraging, especially to hear it from a dad. We hear it a lot from the moms, but to hear a dad come alongside of the younger generation and just say, Hey, just stick with it. It's it's all going to turn out perfectly fine. Uh, we, we really need that. And I love your story about going to the convention. That's actually exactly what happened with us is that we never intended to homeschool. We went to a convention. We were invited by some friends. And that weekend alone, just like you, completely changed our hearts towards homeschooling. And we kind of like the scales fell off of our eyes. And we were like, wow, this homeschooling thing is amazing. And and I remember the same thing. We were driving home and it was probably about a 90 minute drive and we're driving home and Garrett and I could not stop talking about it. And I remember coming to our, I think it was his parents' house. They had watched our girls over that weekend that we were gone and we couldn't stop talking about it. And we were just like, this homeschooling thing is amazing. And this is what it's going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, of course, things have kind of evolved since then and, and right. the way that we homeschool. But God really changed our hearts towards homeschooling. We kind of came into it because we didn't really have any other good options. And God has made us into homeschool advocates, which of course is why we're making a movie about it. But, um, but because well, exactly. we've seen the benefits of what it can do for a family. Remember the songs that you learned as a little child? They're still deep in your memory and on the tip of your tongue, and they'll last a lifetime. Imagine if those precious songs had taught you God's Word. Using the classical model, Bible Quest provides both a plan and ready to use tools like scripture memory songs, games, and activities to make lifelong teaching of the Bible easy and effective. Simply pick a few tools for the week. Practice them together and enjoy how easy and effective teaching God's word can be. Try four weeks free at BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. Okay, That's R O C K E D. Okay, go to funny. the contest. Right. Okay. okay. And okay. Okay. to the contest. To the contest. Yeah, okay. get to it. So or die. Here it is. We're going to give away five DVDs. Here's all you have to do to enter the contest leave a review for the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Go to schoolhouserocked.com slash summer, and it will take you to just a very simple form to fill out. And then from that, from all of our responses that we get, we will choose five winners. So that's it. Schoolhouserocked.com slash summer. Leave a review for the podcast. We would love that. If you would do that, just take a few minutes. It's super, super simple to do. One of the things I've heard you talk about is that oftentimes when your kids are maybe in some kind of a little tiff, you know, when they're in the middle of their schoolwork or in their day or whatever. And you and Rachel have made it a practice to just stop and just say, okay, so let's put the schoolwork aside and let's work on the relationship. And your kids have a great relationship with one another because of that.
1: Well, it's so true. Um, you you know, homeschooling is not the magic formula, but it's, it's an amazing application of Scripture, such as Deuteronomy 6, Mm -hmm. where you teach the kids diligently to fall in love with God. And and it gives times when you can do that, when you rise up, when you lie down, when you sit, and when you walk along the way. Mm -hmm. And so interesting you mentioned the relationship piece, because just one or two nights ago, my boys were playing a game, uh, just a simple game. They started to get into a a tiff and an argument was beginning. And what would any parent say in that situation? stop that silly game and get your relationship right. But even as it happened, it reminded me of what I tell parents so often at homeschool conferences. And it's not when a silly game is happening, but when they're doing math or science or their reading or their schoolwork. And often a parent in that situation will say, stop fighting and get you know, to the work in, in front of you. Mm-hmm. When I love to say, hey, what we really need to say there, if relationships are a priority, is stop the math, stop the science, stop the schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Let's get the relationship right, and doing practical things like that in the the setting of a homeschool family at uh, you know that context, that makes it an everyday occurrence where that message can be reinforced with love and grace uh, to where the kids see what is really important to mom and dad.
0: Yeah. Wow. I. How, how many years apart are your two young? Because you just have two at home still, right? The two youngest are 14 and a half and 16 right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they have a pretty good relationship with one another, I know. Um,
1: they do. Because. They love each other. I mean, they're playing a game together because they love to do that. And, you know, sure. just one of those things. They got you know, frustrated with each other. Yeah. Um, but when I said it, it was not a new message to them. Sure. It's a message we've been saying since they were two and three, that they've heard their siblings say. Uh, and that's what you can do when you homeschool. Mm-hmm. You, you can decide what's really important. Sure. Are you going to concentrate on religious studies, on academic studies, on relationships, on a specific niche where your child is, you got a talent and an interest, which I love how homeschooling allows for individualized education where you can customize exactly to what God has probably designed your child to do in the first place. And now they can just thrive studying whatever that may be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So I want to talk a little bit about Apologia. Uh, you know, when I first started homeschooling, I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I didn't need, I remember going to that first homeschool convention and it was Chia, which is the big Southern California convention. And I was, I had, part of me was really excited. And the other part of me was completely overwhelmed because there were thousands and thousands of books and curriculum and it was just so overwhelming because I was like, how do I know? I, I don't even know what direction to go. There's so much to choose from. And thankfully, we had some friends who helped kind of guide us through those first few years. And Apologia, of course, was one of those curriculums that just kept coming up over and over again. People, I kept seeing it on Facebook and, you know, people just kept talking about it. And so we since have gotten several of the Apologia Science books, which we love. And since then, we've actually gotten some of your language arts books and Um, And other stuff. Tell me about Apologia and and the thing that I love most about it, and the reason that we keep moving more and more towards Apologia curriculum is because you're very intent on teaching every subject from a biblical worldview. And we feel like that is so important. We feel, uh, Garrett and I, we believe that to teach our children anything, whether it's science, history, language arts, even math, to teach any of those things apart from the truth and the glory and the beauty of God in his word is to not teach them in their entirety. And oftentimes is to teach them incorrectly because you're not leading your kids' hearts towards Christ. You're leading them away from Christ. So tell me about apology. And for those especially who are not familiar with your company, what have you done to do that? How do you instill that biblical worldview into these kids?
1: Right. Well, apologia is a Greek word. It actually means to defend the faith. And so uh, it's mentioned eight times in the New Testament. And one of the most uh, well-known verses is in 1 Peter 3.15, when it says to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, that asks you to give a reason for the hope that is is within you and do this with love and respect and and gentleness and respect. And so creation-based science is one way to defend the faith. Um, So with science curriculum, uh, it seems more obvious because you're either going to be evolutionary-based, which Mm -hmm. would be non-biblical and anti-God, or you're going to be creation-based, which would be what the Bible says is the account of uh, how the origin of the world came into play and God's role in that. With other subjects, it's so disappointing to me personally that many people have taken a religiously neutral position Mm -hmm. because uh, we also have a language arts curriculum for reading and writing. Mm -hmm. And we've all if you're a Christian, you've heard of the Tower of Babel, that's when God created all the languages that exist. Mm-hmm. And the, the, you know the language got confused so that man would fill the earth and spread out and not be focused on their you know selfish projects like tall buildings and such. But God is the inventor of language and God gave us His word in the flesh, Christ, and the Bible is His word. And so language is, is like you say, if you don't talk about God and his role in the written word, the spoken word, uh, and le- reading and writing, then, then you're missing out on the complete picture. Now, when I was, I'm a mechanical engineer by education, so I love not only science, but I love math. My, I had a double major in math. And any math curriculum that Apologia publishes, which were, is in the works, will not be religiously neutral because it, math actually becomes more exciting... When you see how we understand that and how it puts the, God's creation in order mm-hmm. for us in a language that we can define how yep. things fall and, and, how, and why the sun rises and how we can calculate when an eclipse is going to happen on a certain day. Uh, there, there's math and science involved there, and it actually can make you fall more in love with God and understand the wisdom that he put in place that we can only discover and then finally, history, which we also have uh, well in the works. It, everything that is, has, has happened in the course of time is God's story being played out and his intervention in the affairs of men. And so when people talk about prehistoric, quite frankly, that doesn't make any sense because we have a written account of history from in the beginning. And so all of history uh, from and you know ancient times to an, and antiquity to Christendom and to modern uh, days is all about god 's working and our place in that plan because we 've all been born in a place and a time that God preordained again for his purposes so yeah it's I am very passionate at Apology in particular to make sure that every subject we publish is very intentionally. Christ-centered, uh, biblically-centered, uh, and God-focused, um, and not only that, but then you know, homeschool-friendly so that we can, our kids can actually fall in love with God as they're learning these subjects.
0: Yeah. Walk me through a little bit of what your homeschool day looks like with your kids, because I'm assuming they use Apologia curriculum, <laughs> of course. Sure. Um, what, what What is a typical day? For your family, how do you incorporate these subjects into your everyday life?
1: Well, it's a it, every year is different because the kids are at different ages and they have different interests. And so, um, in many ways, Rachel has worked herself out of a job. This next year, we'll have a tenth and an eleventh grader. So, our goal is to get them to be independent learners by ninth grade.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, let me back up and say, when they're in the K through sixth grade age age range, it's literally about relationships and Rachel was would be sitting on the couch snuggling up with a bunch of cute little kids mm-hmm. and she'd be reading apologia or one of our um, you know read alouds or it's one of the other you know literature based you know curriculum we were working through she would do a lot of reading i would read to the kids at night and they would do notebooking journals we definitely followed the charlotte mason teaching philosophy mm-hmm. where we journaled what the kids were learning drew a lot of pictures recited and then mom Rachel or I wrote it for the younger kids. And so that's what it looked like when they were young. Uh, Seventh and eighth grade, quite frankly, were some of the hardest ones because that's a transition from all of that, the discovery and exploration of God's world to, okay, it's time for you to be accountable, have a schedule and become an independent learner Mm -hmm. where you read on your own, you keep up with the work, you take some tests and all that. So seventh and eighth grade is helping them make that transition to Responsible young adults, and then by ninth grade, there's a progression as they get more mature and more into the flow of making their own assignments based on the schedule that we have. And so, this next year is it's going to be a lot easier for Rachel because uh, the boys are into a good rhythm, and so they'll actually do a co-op two days a week for our history curriculum. They'll uh, uh, they do an, a Latin, a small Latin co-op. And then they'll do one of the Apologia Online Academy courses. Uh, we're still actually trying to decide between the new health and nutrition or marine biology for the boys. Oh, they're wow. they're going to make that decision in the next week or so. And then uh, uh, I help the kids with math. And then uh, we do I do a Bible study with the boys and a couple other of their friends. We go to a coffee shop and do that as part of our routine. Uh, so we do a lot. We, you know, we have some outside help, some inside help. And uh, tailor things to what they uh, you want to do, and dinner time ends up being a very I- intentional, educational, and relational part of our family. That's where uh, at breakfast, lunch, and dinner we have three different things we read. So, uh, and one of the during one of those times, we'll have a um, Bible verse or actually a selection of a Bible verses, maybe five, six, or seven verses that we will be memorizing over the course of time, and then once it's you know, really solid in our minds and hearts, then I'll get a new verse for us to start memorizing. Uh, and then the other two times, the other two meals were, we got the two other books that we're reading that are uh, either Bible or Bible related type of material. So I always love our dinner, our meal times because of what happens. And then the discussions that happen with these young adults uh, afterwards.
0: Yeah. And you have such an advantage because you work from home. And so That's you right. get to be there with your family to partake in these conversations with them. And and it's not like that probably for most homeschool families. Most homeschool families, dad goes to work and mom is home with the kids during the day. But what a great opportunity still for mom to be able to come alongside of her kids and and just use that time. You know, mealtime is a great time because kids are sitting still and they're quiet because they have food in their <laughs> mouths. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a great opportunity to use that time for your kids just to listen and you get to just pour even more so into their hearts. Uh, Whereas if, you know, they're still listening, of course, when they're flip-flopping around on the living room floor, but there's something different about mealtime when you get to do that. We travel a lot. We are in our car a lot. So we do a lot of our uh, family devotion time in the car, actually. And it hasn't always been that way. It's just been that way for the past couple of years, but we have just found it's a great opportunity for us. We're all quiet and we're all still. And so- Typically, uh, I do the, I I don't normally drive, but whenever we're going to do family devotion times, I will drive and then Garrett will lead our family in devotions in the car. And it's, it's great. It's a great opportunity to be able to do that. And for dads to be able to just lead their families and their kids, I think many dads don't realize the importance of taking that role of leadership. They want to abdicate that to mom, and while much of that is her responsibility during the day, the spiritual role of the, you know, dad is so vitally important for kids to see that for them to know daddy is the one that we go to. He's the one that we listen to. He's the one that we trust to instill truth into our hearts.
1: Absolutely, and what's really neat about what we both just mentioned is meal times and travel times are part of Deuteronomy six when mm-hmm. you sit down and when you walk along the way you know for us we're not walking places as much as we're driving places but that's that's when Deuteronomy 6 can happen and and then of course bedtime when you rise up and lay down so those are that's what happens when you uh, can homeschool is you have all these natural Deuteronomy 6 moments that uh, just get embedded into the normal routine and rhythm of family life
0: yeah Do you want to encourage independent learning in your students? Do you have multiple students with individual learning styles? Homeschooling is an excellent opportunity to customize your child's education. BJU Press is here to help. For each academic subject, BJU Press has created video lessons that will lead your child through each of their courses your child will experience thorough lesson content administered by experienced and engaging teachers who will walk your child through the assignments so they know what to expect. Visit their website at BJUPressHomeschool.com to see what courses are available for your student. So you you got back from Russia, right? A couple months ago, you spent some yes. time in Russia. Tell a little bit about that, because I know that was a time you, you guys actually had a homeschool convention there, which is amazing. And what are you seeing? Because you're seeing growth, not just in the United States, which obviously the U.S. is just booming with homeschool families, but you're seeing it across the world. Tell us about your time in Russia and what that was.
1: Well, yes, Rachel and I have had the wonderful privilege of speaking in, I think it's seven or eight different countries over the last 10 years. and. We are seeing some phenomenal things happen in the homeschool world internationally. So, a big part of our uh, charitable work at Apologia is to help the international homeschool movement uh, grow and begin thriving. So, we've we've been involved in what's called the Global Home Education Conference that had uh, their first event in Berlin, Germany, in 2012. Wow! And then in 2016, they were in Rio de Janeiro and. Last May 2018, they were in Russia, and so Rachel and I went there. We uh, she, we both did workshops uh, to the locals with the translators, and we were in three different cities, which was made it really interesting because we were in Moscow, and we were in Saint Petersburg, but then we were also in this small town called Viborg, and it's close to the Finland border. But we have had to actually be in. Uh, the apartment home of a Russian family. They had invited several folks over to listen to Rachel and I and two other couple or one other couple, as we presented uh, some homeschooling messages to them to encourage them. And again, with a translator, and it it was moving because, you know, you speak in English, you take a break, then the translator talks, and it's a beautiful language. And people were connecting with us, and we were all connecting with them in ways that were just beautiful. I mean, it was the the body of Christ realizing that we need to help each other. But uh, in Russia, for example, they are growing by leaps and bounds. Two years ago, there were fifty thousand homeschool students in the country. Now there's a hundred thousand. Wow! So it's doubled in two years with continued movement uh, of growth, which is one of the reasons uh, that it was in Russia. Now, two years from now, in 2020, it's already scheduled to have that conference in the Philippines where the same kind of things are happening. The Philippines is primarily an English-speaking country, and so that's helping its movement. They already got some good numbers, uh, but every country so different. Uh, in Russia, you know, they're post-Soviet Union, so they're dealing with those kind of cultural issues. Mm-hmm. In the Philippines, you got the rich and the poor, and nobody in between. Wow! Uh, and then places like Germany, it's illegal. So the only way we have been able to speak in places like Russia are at a U.S. Air Force base, and people come to that, you know, safe territory. So every country is so different, but more than anything. God is clearly moving and intervening in the governments, the countries, and the leaders. And and I have to mention this while we're talking about it. Even tomorrow, I have a phone call with one of the friends that I've made from Brazil. Wow. He's in the government of Brazil. He's a homeschool dad and a leader, and he helped with the Rio de Janeiro conference two years ago. But we met up again in Russia. We're actually talking again tomorrow. As we help each other, and he, uh, you know, asked me for some advice on our U.S. experience and how he might apply it to the Brazilian experience that they're having right now, is they try to make it le- literally legal because right now there's no law on the books, wow. and they're trying to um, finalize uh, some bills that are uh, have the real potential of making it legal. And once that happens, the growth that's happening in Brazil will only explode even more, like it did in the U.S as each state began to get, you know, legal ways for people to homeschool.
0: Wow. That is so exciting to hear because, you know, kids are kids, parents are parents, parents love their kids and want what is best for them. And the word of God is worldwide. I mean, it is the same in whatever language, it's still the powerful word of God. And so to be able to have families and people in other parts of the world who are Jumping on this, you know, homeschool train and saying this is the best thing for our kids. I I read. I don't remember if you sent this to me or sent said it to me or if someone else did. That even China, people are starting to homeschool in China, which, I mean, that's just amazing, and it is so neat to see God's hand across the whole world, not just across the United States. Um, let's really quickly. One of the things that um, you've said before is that if there was ever a time to homeschool, it's now, as we, as we wrap up, what message do you have to parents and why now, why is now the time to homeschool?
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. That is something I'm very passionate about because when we started homeschooling 22 years ago, it was just, are you brave enough or crazy enough to start (laughs) homeschooling? what are you thinking? Um, there, there just weren't enough people. Well, mm-hmm. now now there's literally ten times more homeschoolers in the U.S. than there were 22 years ago when Rachel and I started. Yeah. So the support is there, the population is there. Everybody knows somebody who's homeschooled, and they look and act fairly reasonable. So it's not. It's still a minority, but it's not this um, weird, radical-looking group uh, that's out there. And then there's been all this success that homeschoolers have been achieving, only adding to the positive reputation. And then, as you said, when you go to a conference, you can be overwhelmed with all the curricular options and choices. And there's lots of good options. You got co-ops, support groups, uh, conferences, blogs, podcasts. Uh, and online education, so many homeschoolers are taking advantage of the cutting edge technology that's available. Yeah. Like I said, Apology, we have our own online academy that we're expanding because of that and how it can help homeschoolers. So because of all those resources, because of all the support, because of the sheer numbers, that's that's just one really good reason to homeschool now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you've got you know, the negative side of things. You've got a liberal agenda that You have to be blind to not see. Mm -hmm. And I've stepped up my game every year for the last five or six years in particular with how boldly I try to challenge other um, families and especially Christians to, to homeschool. I mean, Mm -hmm. why would you send your kids to a place that is promoting these Mm -hmm. anti-God, anti-marriage, anti-truth, you know, religions and indoctrinizations that you have to combat once your kids come
0: home right
1: socialization is another big reason that's that's one of the number one reasons people do homeschool because of the negative pressures and jungle code atmosphere that happens at so many schools so you, you know I don't I'm not trying to bash the alternatives but you have to be blind not to see that they' it's not working and not only is it not working it's negative for what most families are trying to accomplish. And so when you look at the homeschool option, wow, what better place to raise kids, to educate kids in a setting where people love them, have their best interest for them, want to see them thrive and succeed. And then to to put it in perspective, I like to say it this way. If I were to ask people in the audience right now to think of their favorite teacher of all time, All of us would have an answer. Mm -hmm. For me, it's my second grade teacher, Miss Helmsley. Mm -hmm. I loved her to death. But then, if I ask everybody, how many Christmas cards have I sent my favorite teacher ever? How many have I received from her? Mm -hmm. Zero. Right. So, even though that's the closest and best relationship I remember, it's nothing like what you'll have with your kids and what your kids will have with you. And so, in so many ways, what is happening in the homeschool movement, it's, it's really not about this educational movement, which is what we see on the surface. And that's part of it. But it's really Malachi 4, 6 happening. It's the hearts of fathers turning towards their, their kids, the hearts of kids turning towards their fathers and mothers, and everybody's heart turning to God. Yeah. And when we see it from that perspective, you can't. Uh, help, but get excited about it. And if you're not already on the, the train in the club, then that can be a motivation and an inspiration to say, you know what? That's what I want for my family. And homeschooling again is not this secret weapon, this silver bullet, this this formula to fix everything or make everything wonderful. It's really just an application of when hearts of parents are turned to their children, hearts of children are turned to the parents. And everybody falls more and more in love with God and wants to teach Deuteronomy 6 day in and day out as we just go about life.
0: Yes. Amen. Oh, I love that. Um, We've got to wrap up, but where can people find you?
1: Yes, several places. So there's the Apologia website, which is A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A.com. That's Apologia.com. That's where we have all of our products and resources. Then we want to help people not only you know, defend the faith, but to learn and to live it. And so we have a, a website called homeschool-101.com. And that's where we encourage, challenge, and inspire folks to start homeschooling, to continue homeschooling, and to have some practical resources of, of how to just enjoy this journey and this lifestyle. And then I have my own personal page, DavisCarman.com. That's D-A-V-I-S-C-A-R-M-A-N.com, and that's where you can see some of my videos, some of the articles that I send to multiple places, and uh, uh, my five books that I have available, uh, one of which I'll just mention real quick, that's coming out November of 2018, entitled Truths to Know Early. Uh, it's, uh, It's based on a lot of the Barna research Uh, and written to preschoolers to teach them 34 fundamental truths to help instill a biblical worldview as you read to them in the evening or during the day and it's beautifully illustrated by my son who's a artist and a graduate of an art school so uh, you know you can uh, find that and my other books at daviscarman.com
0: davis thank you thank you for your time thank you for your great encouragement. As we've been working on production of this movie, we're excited to have Rachel included in it and, uh, and just be, we're glad to be partnering with you. We're partners with Apologia. And so we're thrilled to just have Apologia as, as part of our uh, team to get this movie out and to the world.